music and the gospel, and in particular how music sometimes, it seems, in a lot of church services can be almost the replacement for the gospel, uh, where when it comes to the gospel being preached, not just to unbelievers, but to Christians, the gospel being given to Christians again, that seems to be hit and miss in a lot of churches today, from my observation. And it seems that music is sometimes the replacement, that Christians are more often than not really convicted by the sermon in a given church service and all that they should be doing and all that they're not doing. And then they seek a sense of peace and comfort in music. And so sometimes you got to sing for 30, 45 minutes to get that sense of peace. It quickly wears off after your tacos for lunch, and then you got to do it again the next week and the next week. Um, We're going to kind of keep going with that conversation about what um, maybe another result of, of what it looks like for the gospel to kind of drift out of all at least say like a church service, not saying that the church doesn't believe the gospel, but when the gospel is not seen as the climactic message of the whole Bible for the Christian and the non-Christian repeatedly, incessantly, when it's not seen as that, what is another resulting problem and uh, I think it has to do with the fact that we don't see the Lord's Supper served in a lot of um, churches uh, nowadays. Now, of course, if we're talking about a Catholic church or an Episcopal church, uh, maybe a Methodist church, some of these, yes, a lot of times the Lord's Supper is still very much present. I'm kind of talking particularly what is my background, uh, which is kind of like your typical evangelical, non-denominational, maybe kind of Baptist Uh, church world, that sort of thing. So I'll throw it to Jeff, who is here, who hasn't spoken yet, because he (laughs) speaks when allowed. Um, Why do you think that in a lot of churches, the Lord's Supper is, is a special thing done maybe once a year, you know, once a quarter, something like that? Yeah. Well, it seemed... Yeah, I'm glad we're we're talking about this. So, um, you know, where Paul has that masterful um, argument where he's going to the Galatians and is trying to convince them that the way to be a healthy Christian and to have a healthy church is actually justification by faith. Hearing the gospel uh, unleashes the power of God on you. And he says, you know, you began this way, so why aren't you continuing this way? And then he goes on in his second argument, and he says, listen, uh, does God supply the Spirit to you, present tense, and do miracles among you, present tense, like right now, uh, by hearing with faith, hearing the gospel, or by works of the law? Uh, so there seems to be something here that um, God uh, is at work and unleashes an accomplished comprehensive salvation through hearing the gospel that Jesus shows up and um, whether for the first time and justification happens or um, for the millionth time as a Christian to make you healthy that you get renewed or what's called sanctified. You get supplied with the Holy Spirit. And so what's crazy is think about this way. Do you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit? Because it seems like many in the evangelical world were always trying to figure out what that mystery of that spirit, you know, how do you tap into the Holy Spirit? How do you get on his team? How do you get to the A team? How do you activate him? And Paul says, oh, by hearing the gospel. Uh, You're filled with the Holy Spirit. You're supplied with the Holy Spirit 
by hearing the gospel, that the Holy Spirit actually goes with the external word of the gospel and creates faith in you for the first time or the millionth time, strengthens it, encourages you, comforts you, uh, you experience forgiveness again, you functionally lean into and get energized by your justification. I mean, all of that happens, right? And then the other way is, of course, the gospel too, which is the Lord's Supper, but instead of hearing the gospel, you're seeing it. It's same thing, same means of grace, same appointed way that the power of the gospel is released on you. Uh, so it begs the question, it's like, I maybe, um, you know, gospel preachings is kind of vacating uh, and is an unknown cure today because we really don't believe that hearing the gospel is the power of God for the Christian. And then maybe we don't believe that the Lord's Supper is too. Mm-hmm. Maybe we think the Lord's Supper in other words, nothing's happening, that God's not active, that Jesus is not bringing his, all the spiritual blessings, including your faith and obedience, that he's accomplished, that he doesn't apply it and make it real and supply you with the Spirit through the Lord's Supper. That's the only conclusion we can come to, because if, that, if it was the case, we'd be beating down the doors to hear the gospel if we really believed this was the case. And we'd be beating down the doors that you better not withhold the Lord's Supper from me because I need it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that that seems to be what's happening, mm-hmm. that the Lord's Supper is not seen as a means of grace, just like the preaching of the gospel is not seen as a means of grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that... Um there's a simplicity in the way that I can think about the Lord's Supper or maybe help people think about it in terms of, um, you know, we know, okay, when I hear God's word preached, I think most Christians would say, like, God is at work in a special way, right? Um, But then I think a lot of Christians, at least like in our broader world, I don't mean necessarily our, our Presbyterian world, but probably like our broader world just in your life and in my life. Yeah. I think a lot would not have a good understanding. I know I did it for a lot of my Christian life of the Lord's Supper and what, why do we do it? What's going on? I think a lot would say, I know God is at work in the preaching, you know, and, and yeah. people say, man, God really spoke to me in, in your word today, pastor. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Um, but when it comes to the Lord's Supper, I don't think that people have that same view, uh, generally speaking, the average mm-hmm. Christian of like, uh, you know, God is really doing something. Yeah. He's really at work. He's there, there's something special happening. Right. Um, and, uh, and so I think that, well, so, so my answer kind of is twofold, at least in my observation, if I had to take a guess of why it's not present or practiced as much, I think that's one reason of just like, we just kind of don't think that there's necessarily anything special there. It's kind of a, it's almost like a an art form, if you will. Like, you know, some churches on a special Sunday might have someone come up and like paint something during worship or something, you know? And it's yeah. like, it's a cool little visual thing going on. That the church has been doing for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. So every now and then we do the Lord's Supper. It's kind of like a similar thing. It's like a cool little artistic practice that kind of helps me remember in some way the death and resurrection of Jesus, right? Mm. I think number one, if we understand that and really remember that Christ instituted, created, gave us the Lord's Supper, uh, where he is at work in it, we would go, oh, that's interesting. If you're telling me God is at work 
through the Lord's Supper communion in my life and in the life of our church, that already makes me go, man, I wish we did it more than twice a year. Yeah. I wish we did it more than once a quarter. Yeah. You know, could we possibly do this once a month? I think that when we go further to go, um, okay, we have talked about and we talk about incessantly that we need to hear the gospel as Christians. We talked about this a lot on the last episode. The gospel is for Christians. When you get that, when you realize I need the gospel too, mm-hmm. and I can have it, like I already know I want it, but you're telling me I can have it again, I can hear it again, I can be refreshed by it again. When you get that, imagine the bonus joy of saying, hey, and get this, not only am I saying that at your church you should hear the gospel on Sunday and rest in it, bonus, you should also get to see it a bunch, right? You should have it visualized for you, Yeah, you know, as if it's not enough to hear it. Calvin talked about how the Lord's Supper presses the word of the gospel deeper on your conscience, deeper Mm. on your heart, stamping it harder, which makes total sense. It's God saying, I'm going to, I'm going to take the gospel and press it into every sense you have. You're seeing, you're hearing, you're smelling, you're tasting, you're touching, all of it. You're digesting it. It literally is going inside you. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So imagine, I mean, that that's that's the perspective I would love every Christian to have. Like, yeah. I go to church to hear the gospel uh, from God, um, to rest again in Christ, which then produces good fruit and produces worship in my life of God and, and these sorts of things. Um, I want to not only hear it, but you're telling me I can also see it, taste it, the, the word, visible word, as John Calvin talked about, the gospel made visible. And God is there too at work using that to work in my life and give me grace. Oh man, I want that on the regular. Yeah. And, and obviously it's another conversation for another time of, well, how often? That's not the point right now, but the point is regularly. Yeah. You know, I, I would hope that every Christian would demand nothing less than their church, that we're taking the Lord's Supper regularly. Yeah. You know, um, because when something's special, it's not like, you know, your wife's special, you just yeah. going to say, hey, honey, I'll see you once a month. Yeah, that's kind of the irony. A lot of times it's like, well, it's, man, it's such a special occasion. We only do it once a year. Yeah. I'm like, well, wait a minute. I get I get what you're saying, right. you know. Are you sure you're not saying it's a difficult occasion to do because it's a lot of bread and it's a lot of juice and it's a lot of cups and it's a lot of people? But if it is such a special occasion of remembering the gospel, well, shoot. Do that every week. Yeah. Do that every other week if it's so special, you know, yeah. and powerful. And uh, what if the what if the service was like legit built around those two means of grace? What if the yeah. the Christian uh your Christian walk, your Christian living, your Christian healthiness, uh community and worship and mission was built around these two means of grace by which God intrudes into this world's realm mm-hmm. through these means. What if what if church was supposed to be more like that? That that the powers of the age to come break into this present evil world through these two means of mm-hmm. grace and the church becomes this outpost of the kingdom of God because of these two means mm-hmm. of grace. And you do your systems and you do your ministries and you do uh, your uh, ways of connecting to God and connecting in community and connecting a mission are all circling and highlighting and coming from that source. Right. It'd be interesting. 
I wonder how it would change church. Like, right. what would it do to church? What would it do to our our perspectives? I wonder if it would one. I, I would hope it would like like streamline a lot. Mm-hmm. That we'd be less busy mm-hmm. <laughs> doing church and less uh, active and more um, simple, more ordinary, more normal, more humane, mm-hmm. and more actually missional and powerful, mm-hmm. more salt and light, and more making friends and having gospel conversations and more doing life mm-hmm. together. And I don't know, I wonder about that. I mean, I think that that gets at potentially an underlying reason of why we don't see the Lord's Supper. In, and, and again, this is my background, right? This is my background, Christian background. A lot of my Christian years spent in churches where, you know, maybe we take the Lord's Supper once a year or something. And I, and I think that they viewed it as very special. It's not that... I think the video is very special. I think that there was probably something missing about God at work in it. Yeah. But I I think that beyond that, I think it revealed an underlying, a bigger underlying problem, which is that, again, the gospel wasn't viewed as for me on Sunday. Yeah. That's it. So, um, and, and we know what the Lord's Supper is about. It's unmistakable. It's about the broken body and shed blood of Jesus. So it is for the Christian. Then, right? Yeah. And so we've got a big problem when you go, okay, the Lord's Supper is very much a gospel thing. But like we're not really gathering to give the gospel to Christians if we put it in really stark, you yeah. know, terms. So like, why would we do it very much? Yeah. And I think that that's the underlying problem is that in a lot of evangelicalism, the quiet time is what our Christian life revolves around. You're right. Me and Jesus. Yeah. Jesus yeah. and me. My personal Bible reading time. My private prayer time. Yeah. Um. My evangelistic endeavors. My fill in the blank. Oh yeah. And then Sunday church just becomes like trying to do that with a bunch of people around me, right? Like I'm going to listen to music just like I do at home. I'm going to kind of get into the Bible just like I do at home. I'm going to get convicted, you know? Yeah. And we're all just kind of doing it together. Yeah. Uh, so it's kind of like, you know. We're doing it together, but we're not doing it together because right, it's right. still this individualized private right. experience or discipline. Right. Which the Lord's Supper is a very communal yeah. thing, right? Like this bread we're all eating from this wine we're all drinking from you know it's a very together thing yeah which a lot of that kind of togetherness on a sunday morning it's very much like about you coming to meet jesus privately but in a public setting i wonder yeah so yeah so the ancient church used to see it as a communal meal right right and what do you do at communal meals man you're laughing and enjoying one another and having fun and have I mean, some of the expressions of the Lord's Supper that I experienced growing up was like you were at a funeral. Totally. Like, I mean, someone had died. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out what's going on. And then you realized really, really clear that, man, you've got to be like incredibly worthy to take this. Right. That's That was right. my background. Yeah. And of course, you know, I never really felt worthy to take it. Yeah. So I never did. Mm-hmm. I mean, I worry about that. For that's probably one of my number one like concerns. I'm not always thinking about it. Is even the Lord's? We take the Lord's Supper every week at Redeemer, and I even worry about that. Of like, does this? I hope this isn't. I don't necessarily feel it or think it, but I'm like, I hope we don't fall into that trap where it's like kind of this solemn yeah. funeral. Right. You know, it's like <laughs> this isn't a funeral for Jesus. This right. is a celebration. Or you know, this joyful thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. 
you know, and, and perhaps maybe that's even like a reason why some people don't take it a lot. Cause maybe that's how they've seen it modeled. Yeah. They're like, yeah, we can't have a funeral service every single Sunday. Right. You're right. I'm like, I agree with you. You shouldn't, it shouldn't feel that way. You know, it should feel unbelievably joyous. You know? So you can make it so special that you don't do it a lot, mm-hmm. which is kind of a weird logic. And then uh, you've made it so holy and what it's not, not mm-hmm. the gospel, that now you're pressed in on your worthiness mm-hmm. as part of the way, as the one of the contributing factors to whether it works or not mm-hmm. for you, uh, which are two ways that actually kill it because the gospel is for you mm-hmm. and it's for sinners and it's for actually the unworthy. So if you're unworthy, you're actually qualified. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that qualifies you. Um, yeah. So we got two means of grace. Um, what happens when those two means of grace are no longer seen as a means of grace? Let's say uh, God is not at work in these two means, um, like hearing the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to hear other things. You need to hear different messages. You need to have other ways of uh, activating God. So then all of a sudden you do, you get a plethora, yeah. you get a multiplicity of sacraments and options that are out there. Right. Um, and it just thinking about this out loud, it, it seems so refreshing and hopeful and helpful to know God says, listen, I'm going to meet you at the corner of Elm Street and 2nd Street. Uh, here, I'm going to meet you at the corner of the hearing of the gospel and taking the Lord's Supper. And then I go, but you know, I, I want to go to 5th Street and Jupiter. Mm-hmm. And I show up and I wonder why he's not there. And I wonder if that is the experience for many today. Right. That you have been going to Jupiter and Elm mm-hmm. or Fifth Street and doing your whatever the next latest uh, craze is of how to activate God and connect with God and connect with yourself and connect with people and connect with mission. And you're just done because mm-hmm. he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. And you can't find him in your circumstances, because that's just brutal. You can't find him in your performance, and that's just brutal. And it can be a pretty exhausting, discouraging thing. So if that is you, know that God says, I show up in the hearing of the gospel and the sacraments. What a great... Mm -hmm. So go there. Mm -hmm. Go there. And I think that's probably when there's these exhortations to seek God, I think that's what those exhortations are telling us to do. Go to those two places. Right. That's where he shows up. Right. I had a guy once tell me when I was in college, um, you know, he, he said something like, don't ever apologize for seeking more grace in the church, you know? And, um, you know, and, that, and that's what that's saying, right? Like yeah. start, start this whole like, concept of like the Lord's supper and, the, the preaching of the word and all these things is like, what are we really talking about? We're really talking about, you know, as a Christian, you know how much you need grace. You have this yearning for God's grace because you've tasted it. So follow that, like follow it. And mm. then with what you just said, where does God say, here's where, here's where grace runs like a waterfall, right? Here's where it's just this waterfall. Okay. So I know I want more grace. And he's told me in the preaching of the Bible principally the preaching of the gospel, uh, in the Lord's supper, you know, uh, that, that's your ongoing, you know, daily Christian, um, 
if you haven't been baptized, you believe in Jesus, time to get baptized. But um, another podcast. Yeah, another podcast. Chase after grace. You know, I think that's good advice. And in, in terms of looking for a church, don't apologize for for going. I've got to have grace. I've got to have it in the preaching. I've got to have it in our practices. The Lord's Supper regularly. That's what I need. So, anyway, hopefully this is practically helpful for you. Uh, and also. Maybe